Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Guile? Hi, I'm Guile. I often tweet at Door Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> Very often, and they're great. Go there. Okay, uh, we are joined with Tina. Hi, I'm Tina, and you can find me at Cutie Pillar on Tumblr. And Cody. Hi, I'm Cody, and you can find me at The Crimson Lord on Twitter. Excellent. We are covering Game of Thrones, Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall. And there will be spoilers for the books and the show. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Just, uh, that'll come up later. We're already getting a bit feisty about it, so spoiler alert. And uh, just a reminder, um, you only have two episodes to go. It's bingo! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we haven't had a full card yet, so uh, we're still waiting on that, and we're hoping to get one. So go to our Tumblr, find your bingo card, play along. <laughs> okay, let's start. Uh, our seven heroes and a few red shirts are north of the wall, hoping to bag a white. Tormund teases Gendry a bit and gives John advice concerning the Dragon Queen and knee-bending. Gendry vents on Thoros and Beric Tondarian. Sander interjects and calls him a complainer. Jorah and Jon have a heart-to-heart moment um, talking about Commander Mormont and Ned Stark. Jon offers Longclaw back to Jorah. He refuses and tells Jon he has forfeited the right to it with the shame he brought upon his house. He gives it back to Jon and tells him it is his and for his future children. Well, this ragtag group certainly is getting along quite nicely, aren't they? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I just, you know, of the many things I'm sure I'll bitch about tonight, it was like, hey, John and Jorah, remember how your best friend is Sam, who also saved you, Jorah, from Grayscale? Like, maybe you could talk about him. <laughs> Do you have anything in common? Hey, Gendry, remember that time that the last time you saw Arya was when you were with Beric and Thoros? It just was frustrating that they they took, you know, a minute of time for a stupid dick joke, but nothing for some of the actual connections these characters have. Yeah, it would have been nice to see, especially, I don't know, especially with the Gendry and Arya thing, just like a mention and like a, a, oh, it's a reaction, you know, like a reaction yeah. would have been fine. Something. Yeah. I don't know. It's Another thing, too, is kind of, I know we're going to probably delve deeper into it when we get to Arya and uh, Sansa's scenes, but it's like, these guys are broing down so hard. <laughs> like, we're, we're like getting that, and it seems like we don't get that with the ladies. No. Well, also, ladies I mean, bro down too. They were pretty much joking about Gendry getting raped by Melisandre. Oh, yeah, that was... Yeah. That, they were like just making light of it, right? Like, that's... F- yeah. he, he was almost killed by her, <laughs> where he thought yeah. he was going to be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think it was going to be, like, a happy ending for Gendry. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we're just women about that. I don't know. 
maybe guys have a different <laughs> no, opinion on the matter. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not to put you on the spot, Cody. Yeah, Cody, please represent <laughs> no, all men no. now. <laughs> no, yeah, right. I would agree with that. I mean, the only part of this I really liked was the the long claw offering. Was it was a nice little scene, um, and of course they keep throwing in the face of, uh, or they did hint with the whole, you know, your children after you, which I'm sure we'll get to later with uh, some more references to that. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind the banter. Like, I like the banter between the characters. I just wish that there was like a little more depth to it than just like these absolutely kind of trivial conversations in some cases. Well, guys, they just don't have the time. <laughs> I mean, they really had to be rushing. This is true. <laughs> I yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I just think it was so stupid when he's like, yeah, you don't really look like your dad at all. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I know this is a show and not the book, but like, he's supposed to look just like Ned. And you're just like, oh, I guess you don't look like your dad over here. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved John to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> To like showed him the angle of his jaw. Look, look at this. <laughs> Get really angry about it. <laughs> so at Winterfell, Arya and Sansa reminisce while overlooking the courtyard. Arya remembers how Ned applauded her as she secretly practiced archery. She says now he's dead because of the Lannisters. With your help. Arya pulls out Sansa's letter and then reads it. Um, Sansa defends herself, believing it was the only way to save their father. Arya tells her she saw her the day that he was executed. Sansa fires back with, well, and what did you do? She tells her sister she should be on her knees thanking her. Without her, they would not have Winterfell. Sansa tells Arya while she was off training, she suffered things that she could never have imagined. And she never would have survived what she survived. Arya tells her, I guess we'll never know. Sansa wants to know what she plans to do with the letter. Arya asks her what she's scared of. She thinks it's her losing face with the Northern Lords. And then Arya leaves. I hate this plot so much. <sighs> You're not the only yep. one. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've, I've seen people online just blast it to bits. But it's such it's so stupid. Like They could have come up with anything for this Winterfell plot. And this is what we get. We actually exactly. have a good meaty mail that came in from Frida. I think you have that, don't you, Kyle? I do. Thanks. Um, she says, or he, I guess she. Frida. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hello, ladies, and maybe Jen. Oh, wait, I think I'm reading the wrong one. Okay, sorry. Here's a rant. <laughs> I was, like, already in queued up, and I'm just, I totally messed up already. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so here's a rant. I hate the Winterfell plot. Hell, I hate the whole bloody season, but I especially hate the Sansa and Arya plot. It's stupid. Arya is insane. That's the only way I can make sense of it. So what if Sansa wants Winterfell or thinks she should have been proclaimed ruler of the North rather than Jon? Sansa had the opportunity to take it, but she didn't. End of story. I liken it to Jon being offered Winterfell by Stannis. Sure, he wanted it, and it was a secret desire of his, but ultimately he refused. And if Arya was any good at reading deception like she's supposed to be, she should be able to spot the difference. Yep. Well, And yeah. I think there's like an hypocrisy to it, too, when she's all, I would have died. Like, no, bitch, you were like hanging out with Tywin Lannister. You didn't and you did nothing. Yeah, my thoughts. Exactly. That was exactly what I thought. I was like, you didn't kill him when you had three kills, three kills and you didn't kill him. Right, like she had her murder buddy and she didn't pick Tywin. 
Hmm. This would yeah. all be solved if they would just have a scene with them sitting down and talking about their experiences that they had while they've been apart. Which you would think, like, any sisters separated by time and, you know, such horrible trauma as this might have actually, like, done this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they had ten episodes, they could have gotten to a scene <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's like the classic soap opera plots where if everyone if everyone would just not be stupid for, like, one second, <laughs> everything would be solved. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think... Either of them. I think we've said this before in other episodes, but I don't think either of them would have survived each other's scenarios. Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. 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 It's I've just seen with the Sansa and Arya plot, plot, it's so polarizing with people because some people are on Team Arya and some people are on Team Sansa. My sister, for example, she hates Sansa right now. I mean, I just, I hate that they're doing this to these two sisters. They're playing right into Littlefinger's hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and have you guys seen online the theory, the Arya theories of how this is all a, a ploy by her that she, she's trying to trick Littlefinger? It doesn't make no. It- if that's the case, then maybe they should clue the audience in well, on right. it a little bit so it's I not mean, like horribly frustrating. Like for he's six behind episodes. a tapestry while one of these scenes is, is going the, down. The, kind of like thing. the gate that. That game, that that lie game that she's talking about, is that part of it? Yeah, yeah. Just basically that Arya's playing stupid, basically, and that she knows she's trying to catch Littlefinger in his own game. Oh. Unfortunately, I don't think the uh, show is going to turn out that way from the spoilers we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Know. I. You know, I can never hate Sansa. I think. I don't know if I can articulate this like the way I want to, but I think for Sansa, her story has typically been with, I think, women who have had to go through traumatic experiences and the survival mechanisms they have to um, kind of enact. It's more typical of what Sansa's done. I think she's more relatable. So I I really, I have a hard time with um, people with the Sansa hate. Well, and I also think that Sansa, by conquest and by, you know, the laws of the land, actually should get Winterfell. Yeah, if anyone should be pissed off, it should be Sansa, right? Like John's a, you exactly. know, John's kind of the usurper here. Yeah. Okay. Um, does anybody want to add anything else before we move on to the next bit? No. Okay. Just oh, general. Oh hate. wait. Just general. <laughs> <hate. laughs> Okay, so back in the north, uh, Tormund wants to know if the hound was born mean. He asks about his burns and tells him he has sad eyes. The hound asks him if he <laughs> wants to suck his dick. Tormund tells him he's into pussy. There is a beauty waiting back for him at Winterfell. The hound realizes it's Brienne of Tarth he's talking about. He tells him he wants to make giant world taking over babies with her. And we did get a message from Jessica concerning this bit as well. So Jessica says, Hello, ladies and maybe, and maybe gents. I love your podcast. Last episode, you had someone write in about how everyone seems to love Brienne and Tormund. I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to that fangirl about them getting together. I swear out of the six podcasts I listen to, including yours included, only two of them don't want it to happen. The rage that bubbles up within <laughs> me when I say, and I quote that, quote, they're the best romance in Game of Thrones – or that he needs to basically bed her before he dies. They seem to forget that she doesn't want his attention. Are they just blind, or do they love Tormund so much that they don't care about what Brienne wants? 
I love the trope of enemies to lovers, but they are not that. The only thing between them is uncomfortable, unwanted attention. As someone who has been hit on constantly by someone who I've explicitly said I do not want to date, I don't find it funny or anything romantic about it. Hell, if he did anything for her besides a leer at her, maybe I'd get behind it. How about a conversation that doesn't start with a sexual one-liner? Sorry for the rant, but this has been boiling for a while, and I just listened to someone say Tormund needs to defile Bran, and I totally oh and totally God. meant it. Lord, save their souls. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate amount of outrage in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we can go back a little bit last week, this was killing me listening to the podcast because <laughs> there was the question about why um, we thought it was why we were kind of having fun with the idea of Davos hitting on Descending. <laughs> and I, oh, I wanted to like reach through the podcast and, and start screaming about this. <laughs> and I think it's because, you know, A, it's not, A, there's no fandom clamoring for this, you know, like they are for Tormund Brienne. There's not all these idiots that have like attached themselves to this alleged ship. And then the other part of it is that, by quote-unquote hitting on her, Davos was asking her questions about herself. Right. Oh, my God, that asshole. And she wasn't <laughs> responding in, like, a visibly <laughs> disgusted manner. <laughs> so it was like a guy, talking to an attract- a guy talking to a woman he probably finds attractive, and, like, this is a normal human interaction. There's yet to be a normal human interaction between Brienne and Tormund. Amen. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for the longest time when this first came up, I was afraid they were going to try and somehow adapt the storyline from the book where they marry the wildling then in it. Oh yeah, or, Allison Sigourn. Yeah, Allison to them. I thought they were going to adapt that for the for the show as part of oh, Brienne's storyline, which I would have found really upsetting. I would have been were you done. like worried about our mental health? <laughs> I was. I was like, oh my god, I don't know if I want to listen to that episode because it'd just be screaming the entire time. <laughs> Clawing at her face like stone. Yeah. <laughs> that happened, we really have to beg Chicky to get on this pod, that podcast. <laughs> the rest of them are gone. You have to do it. <laughs> I guess that would be um, amusing. Chicky flying solo doing a, a show episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody please win the bingo and request that episode? <laughs> Uh, okay. That was Wait. like the greatest episode ever. <laughs> I think that it's like it's funny to see him like mooning over her, like that side of it's funny, but like the fact that like everybody wants them to legitimately get together is not. Like, yeah, it's funny he's like hitting on her and she doesn't want anything. Okay, haha. But the fact that like like it's clearly stated that her and Jamie have this like unspoken thing. So, like, why would everybody be like, yeah, Brienne and Tormund, that's awesome. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> Jamie and Brienne is awesome. Exactly. If only the writers would have, you know, given their story a quarter, an eighth, a sixteenth of its due. But, you know, whatever, even, I'm sure we'll discuss even, that in detail. <laughs> even Gwendolyn Christie has come out and addressed that, you know, the whole thing with Tormund and Brienne. And she feels like Brienne is really... Is more attracted to Jamie. I mean, who wouldn't be? (laughs) (laughs) Also, the hound saying he doesn't like gingers. I'm like, fuck that. Like, why don't you just, like, hurt the poor Sand Sand shippers a little bit more? (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I I can't spare feelings for them. I'm 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 hurting too much <laughs> with this travesty of a show right now. This is a hard one to slog through for me. Oh, it took me forever to do my notes this week. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. Barrick and John talk about Ned and being brought back from the dead. <laughs> that rhymed. John tells Barrick he doesn't know what his God wants from him. Barrick tells him they are fighting for life. Death is the enemy. They are here to defend those that can't defend themselves. The hound recognizes an arrowhead-shaped mountain from his visions. They are getting close. I did when like I that them. people... Oh, go ahead, Cody. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just... I liked that people pointed out that... um. That Arrowhead Mountain was the same one in the flashback. I was going to call them the Children of the Corn. The Children of the Corn. <laughs> but the Children of the Corn turned the first man into the, night, into the White Walker. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> it would be super creepy, but now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> It's interesting with Barrick, you know, it's like he's, you know, dead, dead in the books. It's just interesting that they would select him to give him such these meaty lines. Yeah, I mean, he and the Hound, to me, are the absolute, like, heart and soul of the best parts of the season. Um, I really enjoy both of those characters this season. And they're not, they're not ones that have typically been, you know, in my top two or three. But, I mean, they're absolutely in the top two for me, I think, this season so far. Mm. I'm surprised they didn't draw any correlations. I remember hearing some interviews about, uh, maybe it was with the author, with, with George, um, about how they're, uh, the reverse of the whites. They're like the fire version yeah. of the whites. And I'm surprised they didn't t- try and correlate that within the episode. Cause I, I remember them, I think the actors even talked about it. And I assumed it would be in the episode, but they just kind of glossed over it, I guess. You mean the ones that have been brought back by fire? So right, yeah, John, like, right. So technically, yeah, Danny and John would be whites. <laughs> well, yeah, she's fire. Well, fire resurrected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do have to say with like a saddened heart that I think there's not going to be a stone heart <laughs> after this <laughs> episode. I finally come to grips. <laughs> The last episode will be called Mother of Stone, and it won't be. <laughs> I really hope it is called Mother of Stone. I would forgive a lot of bad writing for that. <laughs> okay, so back at Dragonstone, Danny tells Tyrion she likes him because he's no hero, like Drogo, Dario, Jorah, and Jon Snow. Tyrion brings up Jon's obvious crush on her, says he's in love with her. Danny says he's too little for me, and then she tries to save face by calling Tyrion brave. The talk turns to Cersei. He doesn't trust her, but they have two armies and three dragons. She's probably plotting a trap. Danny wants to know if they are. What war isn't won without deceit and murder? Tyrion tells Danny, fear and only fear makes power brittle. Tyrion trusts Jaime and has also promised to keep Danny from doing anything impulsive. He mentions the incident with the Tarleys. Danny doesn't think she lost her temper. Tyrion tells her, you need to take your enemy's side. If you're going to see things their way, to beat them. The subject of succession comes up, and Danny doesn't really want to talk about that. Um, she does mention that her death is something, um, wants to know if her death was something that came up with he spoke to Jamie. She tells him they'll talk more once she wins the Iron Throne. Got a lot of conflict between these two. Again. Yeah. 
Well, he brings up some good points. Like, he does. if she wants to, you know, break the wheel, then you wouldn't have like, oh, my child, which we know she can't have anymore. But like, your child's not going to be the next ruler because that's the wheel. You need something new. So, I do see her side. Why think about what you're going to do after the fact if you haven't won it yet? But he's right that you should think about it. So it's like both sides of a coin. Yep. And I don't know why she doesn't see it either. Like. When she rides into battle on these dragons, as he says, she could die very easily, and then their entire cause is just lost. They're stuck on dragons, too. (laughs) (laughs) They'll have, like, wayward dragons. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, I think, um, Tina, that was an interesting comment that you made, because in my head I was thinking, you know, oh, you know, who is she going to name as her successor? But I think you have a really good point that that's not actually the right answer or that's not actually the answer that Tyrion is necessarily looking for. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, what system are you going to promote for this? You know, whether it's some kind of council or something, which, you know, I really, I was thinking it strictly in terms of a person, but I think, um, yeah, you're right that it's really the system that she's going to implement. And I think that really that's the prevailing theory in the books as well, right? That, that by the end, there won't be a, king or queen of all of Westeros, there'll be a different system in place to solve these issues? I mean, you sure hope so, because it really hasn't worked out that well for him. I mean, it's, yeah, I've said it before, monarchy is a really stupid way to rule people anyway. (laughs) Especially when your ruling family are a bunch of incest freaks. Incest psychos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so back into North, the men come across a gigantic undead bear. The creature takes out one of the red shirts, gets lit on fire by Barrack, and then goes after the hound, who is too stunned to move. Thoris jumps in front. The bear tackles him, biting um, at his burning sword, tossing it to the side. It then grabs Thoros by the chest and shakes him like a ragdoll. Jorah kills the bear, and they drag a very injured Thoros away. Thoros takes a swig of his booze, Barrack puts his flaming sword in Thoris's chest and helps him up. I guess puts it to his chest. That's what, I was trying to figure out, was he like sealing his wounds up here? Yeah, wasn't yeah. he cauterizing yeah. it? I'd just oh, like to make a general announcement for that. Uh, if anyone thinks about doing that, that's a very bad idea. Well, <laughs> you should not cauterize your wounds. It didn't work out too well for Thoris, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. You should I, not I, use flaming swords to heal your wounds. <laughs> no, noted. <laughs> <laughs> they should have cast Leonardo DiCaprio as Thoros because he would have lived. If you've seen <laughs> the remnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think they're big enough at this point that they could have cast him as one of the red shirts just for shits <laughs> Like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, except he'd be in so many furs you wouldn't know it was him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't... Oh, oh, go ahead. I don't... Well, I don't live in a, a northern climate, but I mean... Wouldn't they need headgear for all of this yes. snow with ice? Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, I know John grew up without a mother, but I'm sure that someone at Winterfell <laughs> told him that, what is it, like 80% of your heat goes out of your head or whatever. <laughs> I mean, well, didn't, didn't the red shirts have hoods? Yeah. Just so we wouldn't yeah. pay attention to their face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the thing. It doesn't matter if we recognize them, right? That's the whole right, point. Exactly. You have to suspend so they can belief. Be warm. Yeah. Can we talk about the bear for just a minute? Sure. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the, the look of the bear. However, I'm a little confused. 
when they lit it on fire, why didn't it immediately die? Yes. I want to know that too. Do the and it's a polar bear. <laughs> the white, sh- from what I've seen in the past, the, you know, the only way to kill white was to set it on fire or yeah. destroy it with dragon glass. Or, I guess, stab it with dragon glass. I'm trying to remember that one that, like, broke into, um. In the, um, the Gior, Gior Mormont's yeah. room. Yeah, like, it seemed like it kind of lingered a little bit. Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, instantaneous, like, um, well, killing true. the White Walkers was. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the bear, and, you know, the bear definitely like it took a long on. time for it to die. It did, yeah, it did. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on d- undead bears, so I got nothing. Maybe it correlates <laughs> to size, too, because the bear is a lot bigger than a human white. I don't know. <laughs> So do we want to speculate that here's a lot you'll like this. So here's my crazy <laughs> speculation is that in the show, the bear in Harrenhal isn't killed and it was Locke's mm. bear. And we know Locke went north of the wall. Do you think that he took the bear with him? And this is the bear. Yes, this is it. Obviously, <laughs> I agree with all these things. <laughs> <laughs> now we need a Locke white. That would be amazing. I- I can't agree with that one just because no. the bear in the pit was black and the one in the car was a polar bear. It was, it was, a, oh, it was polar you bear. And your, you and your logic. Was, I know my polar bears, so. <laughs> I thought it was just like frosty, like he was, you know, no. snowy. Oh, I didn't notice they, that. They mentioned, no. they mentioned, I thought they mentioned it in the behind the scenes that it was a polar bear, but if not, I definitely know it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. apparently the showrunners have wanted to do an undead bear for a long time. It felt like it, and honestly, HBO watching this scene. <laughs> it, it felt like, finally, we get to do all the things we want to do. Get us the undead polar bear. <laughs> undead polar bear yeah. stat. Cut out that heartwarming dialogue between Sansa and Arya. Get the bear in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Sansa, um, she questions Littlefinger about where Arya got the letter. She's worried about holding the men at Winterfell, and she hasn't heard anything from Jon in weeks. She tells Littlefinger Arya would betray her if she thought she would betray her, if that makes sense. Littlefinger suggests Brienne. She would need to intercede if a daughter was planning to harm the other. Short scene. Um, is this the part where Bran rolls in on his wheelchair and says, hey, no, Littlefinger, you hid the note, and then this whole thing is erased? Is that- <laughs> no, <it's- laughs> probably next, next episode, I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't think Winter Winterfellow's wheelchair accessible. You know, no, if he true. could get into yeah, maybe to be fair, he's trying to get up there right now, but he's downstairs. <laughs> Damn those ramps! <laughs> like the chair, the chair ramp thing. Yeah. For seniors. So, am I assuming correctly that we have the brand scene later with her and Sansa as a way for Sansa to remove her from Littlefinger's idea or? I guess I'm just confused why she's even talking to Littlefinger in the first place. I think we're supposed to think that she's doing it to remove her in case she was going to protect Arya. But given the spoilers, it literally makes no sense except to get her to King's Landing so she can see Jaime. Yeah, because Jamie has no agency on his own brand, is like his Jiminy Cricket, right? It's just making it look like Sansa's wanting to kill Arya just to remove Brienne out of the way. Mm -hmm. Sends Brienne off. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
right. I have to say, I you always say that no, nobody on this podcast likes um Littlefinger. I love Littlefinger. Do I want him to die? Yes, but I still <laughs> love him. He's like an evil, <laughs> conniving character. But I just like and Dramas loves him too. So you know, there's some there's some Littlefinger lovers out there. Where still not my favorite no. scene, but <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's I mean, he's sort of been terribly used this season. You know, like, instead of just having him poke his head around like a pillar, maybe actually have a scene with some of the Northern Lords or with the Lords of the Vale and show him, like, trying to do shit instead of just... I mean, literally, poor Aiden Gillen, has he done anything other than be in one room and then stand on the balcony of Winterfell? (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take him to shoot a scene? Like, five minutes? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a sharp scene. I'm sure we'll talk more when we get to the final one with Arya and Sansa. Okay, so the men up north find a small band of walking undead. They trap them by lighting a small fire. John kills the White Walker with his Valerian blade, and several of the dead collapse. One surviving um, White screams and then is stuffed in a sack. Literally. <laughs> John orders Gendry to run back to the wall to send a raven to Daenerys. The men run out onto the frozen lake, stopping briefly as it cracks. And then um, as the undone army charges in, they run across to a rocky island while a number of the undead fall through the ice. They are completely surrounded on all sides. Gendry then on another scene collapses outside the wall. He tells Davos they need to send a raven. So, okay. Let's attack this in a sequential way of the stupid <laughs> things they're doing. So it's okay for ravens to fly at Eastwatch. So presumably there's no like no weather-related reason that you can't have ravens north of the wall in the winter, correct? And plus right. we've seen Bran with the ravens. Yep. So why the fuck didn't they bring a raven with them? <laughs> <laughs> like... That's the easiest thing they could have solved. And then why why didn't you bring a fucking horse with you? Or alternatively, or why horses. didn't you or why didn't you set up a system of, you know, every every 10 miles or every 5 miles you'd have another person or another station so that you were able to quickly relay information back instead of like trying to redo, you know, the marathon in Athens. Like, which I'm sure, I'm 100% sure was their inspiration because they had John make the asinine, you're the fastest comment. Like, what, do they have a race before? Because if they had a race before they went off just to see who was the fastest and we didn't get to see that scene, that really pisses me off because well, that would have been fantastic. Well, they've had then, no to time. The biggest one. Oh, go ahead. Well, they've had no time to make any plans, okay? Because, you know, like in season one, they said that King Robert took two weeks to get from King's Landing to Winterfell. Now it only takes like less than a day, I think. So, I mean, they can't even plan logistics of these these. They couldn't plan to take a raven with them. I mean, no, they, the they, they just don't have the time. Now, hold on. I have, I have a theory about the ravens. Do we now? I haven't. I'll make an honest statement here. I haven't read the books totally. Um, but do does it ever explain how the ravens work, how that whole system works? Or is that yeah. something only maesters know how to do? Well, I think well, that they're trained only to fly to certain places except for, like, the super smart ones. But well, like, do you no, tell the raven, like, hey, I need you to fly to this castle? 
Well, the other thing would be, you know, John's brother is a warg. And I think, you know, and John knows that he's alive. So maybe they could have, like, sent a raven to Winterfell and said, hey, bro, why don't you come along as a raven? Because it's not like John didn't see what's-his-face Aurel, who was in the eagle. And that seemed to work out pretty quick. So you think, like, anyone with the brain the size of a pea could get on to some kind of raven reconnaissance plan. That would have been a better plan. Yeah, that whole. I'm just. I want to pick up on what you mentioned there. Like the whole thing with Orel and John, you know, seeing a warg. Why is that never? It seems like they were going to go somewhere with that, and then they just dropped it because they don't want to pay for the to have the wolves on screen. Yeah, Ah. so they can't like make. They can't like emphasize the fact that John can warg into um, ghost. Gosh. <laughs> Can I just but say that? Given that, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't excuse him from this utter. I mean, I've heard this plot, this plan compared to Wiley Coyote, which I think is an incredible insult to Wiley Coyote, who actually has a shred of cleverness. And honestly, it's just bad luck that he didn't catch the Roadrunner. I think that is in one of our mails. <laughs> <laughs> is it for me? Did I, did I mail it myself? <laughs> I was happy that we got some White Walker mythology, or not really mythology, but a little clue oh, like as to the, how the show like is going to handle it. the head vampire thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, oh, I mean... Slashing a White Walker with Valerian still kills all the surrounding ones. Mm-hmm. That, the ones that it turned, yeah. Yeah, yeah but what about it, this random white? Well, he well is the obvious. theory is he didn't turn it. Yeah. How lucky so he for was them. Like, how convenient. Yeah, how convenient. Yeah. <laughs> how very convenient. I mean, it's incredibly convenient. They never could have planned for such luck. <laughs> so, Thoros dies overnight, and the Hound takes his booze. John takes it from him and then pours it on the body. Beric lights it with his sword. Jorah points out to John that when he killed the Walker, almost all the others fell. He wants to focus on the walkers. Maybe that will, then they will stand a chance. John doesn't want to risk losing the captured undead. He wants to wait for Daenerys. Beric points to the Night's King and says, kill him and kill them all. I mean, it's too bad he has like an army of like a hundred thousand, um, unkillable, um, beings protecting him. But, you know, if only there was some sort of, Thing that they could do where they could attack him from the sky, but I guess that's not Yeah, cool. you know, I don't know. Too bad there aren't creatures that breathe fire and stuff. <laughs> I want to know why they're just sitting there looking at them. Like, it's well, so... Well, I assume uh, it's because, you know, they don't have to... They can just wait for them to die of exposure. Yeah, yeah. and then they're they'll just no raise them up then. Yeah, why <laughs> yeah, lose they're in no hurry to kill them. And, I mean, let's also point out that Ice freezes overnight, especially in the winter in the north. You know, ice would refreeze in like half an hour. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I mean, Sander has this big ass hammer. Why can't he just start breaking the ice around the? I had that. Thought. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great idea. He keeps Why does he like run just... around their small little island and just start smashing the ice around? <laughs> Yeah, I had that thought watching that too, because he started to do that and then it just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. He was too maybe, busy. You know, and again, like, 
there is another, like, even if you say, okay, I'm going to accept all the stupid things that they do, what's the payoff? Nothing. They just are sitting there. Like, you know, it would have been a great scene. And I know there'll probably be some, like, iTunes review in a couple months saying about, they suggest all these scenes and they are all stupid ideas, which, so be it. But, some um, of them are. Let's but, be <laughs> I know, so am I. Well, I'm currently writing my a iTunes little bitter about iTunes reviews today, but, you know, like, would have been interesting to have this group of men who think they're going to die, and not only do they think they're going to die, but they think that when they die, they're going to be resurrected as soldiers in this army that they're trying to defeat, and to kind of have them talking about, like, you know, guys, if it looks bad, you know, we should kill ourselves, and, you know, use Barrick, Barrick, you got to go last and, and light us all on fire. Like, how awful. But that would be, like, the actual kinds of conversations that you'd have. Like, you'd have conversations, you know, thinking you're going to die, wanting to say these last things, and then thinking about what you're going to have to do to prevent yourself from becoming a white. Like, that would have been kind of meaty and terrible. And Uh, even knowing that they're going to, you know, you know John's not going to die. But it still would have given um, some more emotional weight to the scene. You know, would have been more realistic. I was kind of of wondering a little bit ahead when the whites start attacking again, they attempt to stop John from taking the white. I don't know if you guys saw that. One of the whites cuts the rope that he's pulling the other white with. I noticed that. Yeah. Is that like, are they, do they know about the plan? Like, are they trying (laughs) to stop them from taking the white or what is that implying? Maybe that's his buddy. I don't know. Terrible writing. Huh. Possibly. Yeah, I noticed that, but it's, I'm just not sure. It's like you see them standing at the ice, not walking across it, and you're like, wow, they're really stupid. But then, like, the, more than one of them tries to specifically stop John from taking the other white. Like, not just going after John, going after the white, like, he's holding. Is the Night King really like, oh my god, we can't let Cersei Lannister see this? Right. <laughs> She'll never believe zombies exist if we don't show her a zombie. Spoil the surprise. It's not like she doesn't have her own zombie. That's how they, maybe <laughs> they know this one and they're like attached to him like he's funny or something or he can sing. I don't know. <laughs> he really livens up the party. To be fair, we don't know a whole lot about their culture. <laughs> Which is one thing I would really like them to expand on at least a little bit. Yeah. Is is some kind of like in the books they have a language even that they talk. Mm. It sounds like ice cracking. I think is yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. I would like. And that. I think you know. And I think too. Like there should be some kind of recognition that this army of the dead that they're fighting is just that. They're the army of the dead. They're the army of people that you know, we're caught up in this earlier. Like, there should be almost kind of a, a respect for them. You know, mm-hmm. these are people of, you know, these are men and women of the, you know, these are the wild things. These are men of the Night's Watch. These are, you know, these are people who were human beings. And it's just, you know, tr- they're just turned into these senseless weapons. And, I mean, what a tragedy. Like, how horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it also, was really, oh, sorry, you can go. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I thought it was really cool that if you looked at all the the whites, you could see some in all black because you knew they were like brothers yeah. of the Night Watch, and I was like, "That's really cool that they put that in there." And how is how is Porter not one of them? I mean, you can't tell <laughs> that Christian Aaron has that much going on that they couldn't have gotten him for that. That would be so oh, yeah. creepy and great. <laughs> I know, like, come on. 
Oh, can you imagine John seeing that too? That, oh man, oh. that would have been great. And you know, Christian Yarn would have jumped on that too. He probably, oh, yeah. 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 I met him. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so That's okay, I, I met Ramsey Bolton. Right. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> survive like that Ooh. voice. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, He's probably really nice. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I love his voice. I'm saying like. How did you not swoon? <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Sansa receives a scroll on invi- an invitation to King's Landing. She decides to send Brienne. Brienne tells her it's not safe. Sansa replies, Sir Jamie will be there. You told me he treated you honorably. Brienne isn't worried about herself. She doesn't want to leave her with Littlefinger. Sansa dismisses her rather curtly. And we did get a message again from Frida. For the um the scene. We did. I'm I'm a little bit more on this one. Okay. <laughs> and Sansa. Where does she get off being such a bitch to Brienne? This is the girl who thinks courtesy is a lady's armor, and she was just awful. Why can't they have a quiet scene in Sansa's solar? Sansa could release Brienne from her service after Brienne performs a final act for her in King's Landing. They could reminisce about Cat, Jamie, or both. Instead we get no reaction from Brienne at the mention of Jamie. It wouldn't be difficult to give these two characters some kind of companionship. They both need it, in my opinion. They could kill off all of the remaining Stark kids, and I wouldn't care. They're practically dead to me already. Oh, and poor Rickon. Nobody cares that he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> right? By the way, I love the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it would have been, I mean, I would think it would have actually made sense to any kind of potential future plot to have um, Brienne kind of released from the Stark service. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a constant complaint of mine since, like, the first episode that there's not been a scene between Brienne and Sansa and some kind of bonding. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, they're no women. What you gonna do? Two women's. I really yeah. liked how, if you noticed, like, Sansa was kind of, like, pretending to read that book. Like, and after Brienne walks out, she's just like, oh, yeah, I'm not actually looking at this. That's something that Cersei did. Like, I don't know which season it was, but there's definitely a scene where she's having a meeting with someone and she's like flipping through a book and then like the person walks out or something. And I'm just like, oh, my God, she's just like has so much Cersei coming out of her. And I'm like, this didn't happen in any other season. It's just all of a sudden now that she has power, she's just like, oh, I'm kind of like Cersei now. I'm like, where'd that come from? Where'd it come from? They've even emphasized, I've seen pictures of um, Sansa's hairstyle in this season, and they've compared it to Cersei's hairstyle in previous seasons, whenever Cersei mm-hmm. had hair. And, um, yeah, a lot of people are getting the hints that she's she's Cersei-fied. Cersei-fied. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's worked so, so well for Cersei. Well, actually, it has. We glib about it. <laughs> That Sophie Turner's like super happy that they didn't make her get Cersei's current hairstyle. <laughs> I mean, I get the point of the scene. It's just to get Brienne into King's Landing, but I mean, in a way, though, Sansa is right. Like she can't go herself, and who else would right. she send? Right. Hmm. All right. She didn't have to be so mean you about send it. Me <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Brienne's offering to leave Podrick, and she's even turning Podrick down. And, you know, what lady does that? Am I right? <laughs> right. On the Slayer. <laughs> oh, oh, spe- okay. I got one more complaint for now. 
Okay, for now. <laughs> so, all this shit, this whole crew going back and forth from Dragonstone, this episode, and then doing whatever up north, all this stuff going on, like, obviously, a mess, you know, messages from King's Landing, blah, blah, blah. So, all this is happening, and Sam is not at Winterfell yet. He's so, doing like, a realistic travel scene. Yeah. Is he, like, in a vortex? Did they run into Hot Pies Inn, and they just can't get enough? Mm-hmm. Well, they have a baby, and things are like three times. Takes three times as long when you have a baby. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna go with. But little Sam is like is four years feet. old by now. He's Wait, like, what? What is that called in video games? Lot where you can just jump from location to location fast really travel. fast. Fast travel. That's what everybody's doing. Except for, Sam. Except for Sam. Except for Sam. He well, likes and the to... and the whole army of the dead who's gone like three feet <laughs> in seven years. Yeah, they don't have kids. No, they have no I have excuse. Some, I have a question, but I've seen that comment about the army of the dead moving slowly. But didn't the army of the dead go to uh, Hardhome, and then they traveled all the way up north to where Bran's cave was, and that's the last time we saw them. Did all of them go? I thought the whole army was there when they attacked Bran's cave. Wow. When they didn't even get him, they couldn't get a guy that can't walk. (laughs) The whole freaking army went there. And Mira. (laughs) Mira is really fast. (laughs) She's like faster than Gendry. (laughs) They had had a race. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, next scene is Tyrion, and he's trying to talk Daenerys out of flying north with her dragons. Danny tells him, I'm not um, doing nothing again. And then she flies off. And it's a really short scene. And I've got nothing except that's a really fierce coat. <laughs> you I see have... the speculation that the coat was made out of ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no, much, no matter how much shit I give the show, they can always bring me back with a cool dragon scene. And just seeing all the dragons up close, it was, I don't know. They look much better than they used to. Oh, and, you do. Uh, I will yeah. give them that. <laughs> the oh, dragons yeah. are a hell of a lot better. So, let's see. Back at Ice Lake Island, the hound is bored and starts <laughs> chucking rocks at the undead. One falls short and slides across the frozen lake. One by one, they march across and they fight. Another red shirt dies. John calls them to fall back. Tormon gets dragged down. He cries for help and is being pulled into the ice when the hound saves him. Crap. <laughs> I was hoping Tormon was going to die here. He's a fan favorite. He can't die yet. Oh, Especially now yeah. that we know he likes dick. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> So the last red shirt falls off the cliff and it looks pretty hopeless until fire erupts from above and our lord, our savior, Daenerys Targaryen, swoops in to <laughs> save them. She lands and reaches for John. He turns back to fight the few undead that are still coming at them while the other men climb aboard. The Night King javelins like an Olympic champion, bringing down Viserion. That's some weapon. Like, the thing at the dragon was like Michael Bay explosions went off. I don't understand why he didn't go after Drogon. Drogon was closer to him than Viseron. Drogon was just up in the air. I mean, everybody that he needed to get rid of was right in front of him. He could have taken out Drogon and taken out everybody. Once he killed the dragon, the whites 
all of his his minion whites could have just swooped down and got everybody, and that would be the end of the story. <laughs> Why didn't Danny I just blow the some reason... fire on the White Walkers? Yeah. <laughs> she was right there. Instead, they're going to take a white I... all the way south. But they're there! I love the way Kill that they out. scared the white on Troke on them. Oh, like, just stuck them on the yeah, corner or whatever. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I would have loved that if John and Danny both died right there with the Drake. And, oh, like, God. could you imagine, like, Aww. the freak out? It would have been amazing. And I would have been. It would have been amazing. Like, people would have just felt, like, so shocked. There would be reactions on YouTube the next day. Like, you could not believe. <laughs> be, yeah, there would be, like, YouTube, like a, like a viral YouTube sensation. Except there wouldn't, though, because no one would have been, like, there would have been no one who smugly knew it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah so there'd be true. no videos. It would just be, like, after the fact, like, what the fuck? And then everyone would be like, this is the greatest show ever. And that's not even taking the leak into account, right? <laughs> right. Oh my god. Season 8, like, fake leakers, if you're gonna write some fake leaks, put some shit like that into it. Don't give us this Jamie's thinking of Cersei, like, oh, go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I wanna know why. I know Danny didn't like necessarily know what she was getting herself into but she's like burning all these people here and she just like magically misses the actual people who she should be like hitting because like don't you think john should have been like those guys over there (laughs) there's seven episodes left she can't kill them yet (laughs) jeez hbo has more money to make right i'm not sure because the, the, when they go through fire, it just parts around them. So I'd assume fire makes... It's is dragon fire, fire, which is what the Valerian swords are made from. So I would assume dragon fire would kill the White Walkers. Well, I thought Valerian steel was just regular steel and an obsidian mixed together, right? No, I think it's forged with dragon fire. Oh. Well, how is they that possible, though? Because they never say. How, yeah, how is that possible? Because the guy that uh, melted down ice and... Then Magic. We, he didn't have dragon fire to do that. Magic. Oh, okay. I'm trying to. Well, know. you can always you can <laughs> you can reforge Valyrian steel, but the oh, yeah, art yeah. of making it itself has been lost, which right. is only speculation that they're making it with the dragon glass. Like nothing's confirmed, but that's kind of like what everybody's been like thinking it is, but no, not no confirmation on that one. Well, because it looks like Damascus steel, we call what it really isn't Damascus steel, but it has the dark bands through the through the okay. silver. Um I don't know. But I really enjoyed the dragon's uh emotion. Like uh the two brothers, Drogon and uh Ragel, kind of like calling out when he gets hit, you know? Oh it really was heartbreaking. I, I, it was. It really However, was. and I I anytime I listen to this podcast and you guys talk about Amelia Clark's acting I always like sigh really deeply, but man, I wish she would have emoted a little bit more. Can't argue with us now on that shot, can you? Yeah. No. I mean, she's been emphasizing that these are her children. Exactly. <laughs> like, I want her to scream out, no, Viserion, or something. Right? <laughs> my child, my son, give me back yeah, my or son. Some tears my baby. Or something. I know, like, I saw a meme, it was something posted, where it showed the faces of Catelyn Stark and Cersei Lannister, mm. Alaria, whenever they're losing their children, their faces, and then they show her face, and it's just, 
It's the same thing as your normal face. Yes. Yep. Uh, I just want more. I, I need more. I don't know. I expect it that much, so I'm not that. <laughs> Poor visitor. Can we talk Michael. really quickly about John attacking the whites? What is he doing? Yeah. Yeah, why, why did he just jump on dragon? the dragon? Yeah. He's just buying them time. He's just being the hero. Adding, extra, think. adding extraneous drama to the episode. I don't know. I guess. Trying to go for a cold swim. <laughs> Which he miraculously survives. Yeah. Well, that that's actually, I think that just wraps it up, doesn't it? Let's see. Uh, John, yeah. yeah, so, well, just in a nutshell, the dragon slides into the ice. Um, John mean mugs the Night King, who grabs another javelin. John yells for them to go. He gets tackled into the ice, and Daenerys flies away, dodging javelins. Take a one last look at where John fell in. And then John emerges from the ice, grabbing Longclaw and pulling himself up. He stands ready to fight when <laughs> great balls of fire, it's Uncle Benjamin. <laughs> he loads John onto his horse, telling him to ride for the pass. With a look behind, we see Benjamin get taken out by the undead. The hound uh, loads up the dead body they captured and bids Beric and Tormund farewell in his own special way. Oh, uh, the only thing I wish what would have made this better is if throughout this episode they would have seen a lone rider in the distance, yes, and not known who it was, and then at the very end, Benjamin comes in and saves John. I would have bought that a lot more, yes, than just this MacGuffin. Or you know, if maybe his the impact of his sacrifice was more than like a five second head start. Sure. Or if Rhaegal had swooped down and John took a chance and was riding him, you know, yes. that would have also... That would have like, been awesome! I was awesome. kind of waiting for that to happen. Oh, man. Um, yes! That would have been way better. I mean, we assume that's going to happen eventually. Yeah, it just seemed like... I mean, that's what I honestly assumed was going to happen, because I would would have thought, yeah, like, you're right. If a hot Uncle Benjamin was going to come in to save the day, there should have been some kind of um, earlier hint about it. Yeah, that was the whole point of this nonsense, though. They wanted Benjin back in, so... Just just... to kill him. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think Benjin said. I think it's super important. Oh, go ahead. Oh, but have you heard about people um, noticing uh, Longclaw whenever he gets out of the water and he sets it down like um, Longclaw's little head, the wolf head on it? Yeah. The eyes are open? Was that it? The, the eye yeah. changes to a darker color because the camera, when he comes out, it refocuses. Yeah, I mean, it just looked like it was probably just an accident. Just an oh, extra. Yeah, there are so many theories call. online now about how the Oh, eye yeah, is they're going crazy now. Yeah. Well, like, and also, I think we should point out that the hound is going to the dragon pet. Yes. The so game will confirm? Get. Get so much hype. <laughs> we might not get any anything else we want, but goddammit, it, we're gonna get some version of freaking you Clegane Bowl is happening, right? Like it will happen. I mean, if they're both there and it doesn't and some kind of Clegane Bowl doesn't happen, I'm going to express my outrage on Twitter. <laughs> I will wait for the tweets because I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> So from the top of the wall, Danny looks north. Jorah tells her that it's time to go. She says a bit longer. As she turns to leave, a horn sounds, and then John is recovered and brought to the ship. Daenerys sees his fatal scars on his manly, manly chest. 
Those ads. Oh, my God. How much do you think Kit was sucking in in that scene? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, damn, my nephew's hot. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's so repulsive when you put it like that. (laughs) And I will continue to do that every time. It's that this damn show steers us in that direction. Just a reminder. So, so at Winterfell, Sansa finds Arya's death masks. Arya finds her stooping. Sansa asks about the faces, and Arya tells her about Bravos. Then asks her to play the game of faces. Arya acts really creepy. She tells her sister she can be whoever she wants, even her. She picks up a knife and then wonders what it would be like to be the Lady of Winterfell. All she needs is her face. Arya gives a dagger to her sister and then exits. <laughs> Arya has turned into Hannibal Lecter now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And I hate the monotone effect. Like, I just, you know, they just have too many characters without any emotion doing that, that it just makes it stupid. Yep. It's not badass. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I really hate Arya's character. Yeah, it's not a fine line between badass and stupid. Like, it's a pretty thick line. I think it's Again, definitely this could a dir- all be explained very easily. What do you mean? What? Well, I'm sure there's going to be some stupid, stupid, quote unquote, cle- clever resolution, and people will be like, "Oh, we should have saw it from the beginning." Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. And I'm like, "Fuck you! You should have written it so that it was comprehensible." Right. <laughs> it's a show about tits and dragons. Don't get all over yourselves. <laughs> So in our final scene, we see John awakening in the cabin of Danny's ship. He tells her he's sorry and takes her hand. He says he wishes he'd never gone. And she says, I don't know, I know, and pledges to help him destroy the Night King and his army. John calls her Danny, then my queen. His people will come around. She tells him to get some rest and leaves. Him calling her Danny was just, to me, so cringe-inducing. Yeah, it was. Was it? I thought it was kind of cute. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he said, now that you pointed out that it, that he's her nephew again, I I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he said Aunt Danny. Auntie. I just want to know if they're gonna like find out they're related before or after they bone. <laughs> I would love it in a way <laughs> if they find out and just shrug and then do it. And once they find out they develop really big southern accents, it would be great. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, Danny references she can't have children. Again, uh, furthering the idea that John and them are going to have a baby, right? Yep. That's the consensus. I don't, I mean, I just feel like John shouldn't be able to have kids. Like, I feel like he should not have working. Like his sperm would be undead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What if they had a baby and it came out as a white walker? (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) It's the new Night King. There must always be a Night King. And then it just changed everyone right away. I know on on Reddit, on the A Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, somebody actually broke down, like, the incest DNA. And Danny and um, Rhaegar have so much matching DNA. That oh, yeah. they're almost like brother and sister. 
They're like twins. You mean Danny and Rhaegar are brothers? <laughs> yes. Well, no, like they're pretty much they share like twins share almost matching yeah. DNA. They're matching. Well, because their parents are siblings and their yes. grandparents are siblings. Yeah. Danny and John would pretty much, even though they're aunt and brother, they would be like brother and sister. Yeah. As far as DNA goes. <sighs> because their family tree is a ladder. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to yes. be bringing this up all through season, what, what is it, eight? <laughs> God, yeah. one more, one more. <laughs> oh, there is one more scene. Uh, meanwhile, up north, the remaining whites are yanking up Viserion with some mighty big chains. The Night's King touches the dragon's forehead, and boom, we have Ice Dragon. This is the scene that concerned me. I mean... <laughs> What the fuck? They can't, they can't go on the water, but they can get down to the bottom of the lake to wrap a chain around the dragon. <laughs> also, where the hell's the chain come from? Okay, hold on. Yeah, hold on. just yeah, find that shit chains. laying around. Okay. In the scene, if you watch it, there's actually some like uh, like some wooden posts and like sticking out of the water, and there's some chains wrapped around it. The exact same chains that they're using. Where? So I'm assuming it was some kind of like a shipyard or something that required heavy chains to be there. But it's a lake. <laughs> Why would there be like heavy chains? I don't know, but it was there. <laughs> the Night's King must have a big bondage king. That's all I can talk it up to. <laughs> he's like got a really big sort of, one. What like, is he bonding with? He's got, a, he's got a sex cave dungeon <laughs> somewhere. But all I like the other, sex cave. Yes. Uh, that he dragged him Hard home. Yeah. Well, I thought, I don't know, I was just like, because I had the same thought, like, where the fuck do they have these giant chains from? But in the wall, when they had that battle at the wall, they had, like, big chains. Maybe it was just, like, debris yeah, left but over. but those are people. That, like, those were people that did that. They could scavenge. I don't know, I have a question <laughs> for you guys, though. When he, when they normally raise whites, they don't have to touch them at all. They just come back, right? Yeah. Right, like we saw it with Carsey and stuff. Right. Now, when he changed the baby back in, what, season two? Mm-hmm. He, he touched, touched him. It, and it turned. And notice that its eyes turned the same color as oh, the white walker. Right, eyes. maybe that, I think, well, I interpreted that as they turned the baby into a white walker, right. whereas the whites, they're turning into whites. Right. <laughs> right. So my question is, though, is the dragon a white walker or a white? I mean, that it's already got the, the scales and shit, so maybe it's a White Walker. Well, because its eyes turn that color. They don't glow blue like the whites do. Yeah. They're actually like ice eyes. That just makes it even more scary. Maybe they uh, well, really my are question trying is, is it because of their intelligence. <laughs> what was that, Eon? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to say that this is not just a white dragon, but an ice dragon. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. D&D have all the answers. I thought that was so crazy. When he went down, I was like, oh my god, they're going to turn him. They're going to turn him. And then he went into the water, and I was like, oh, they're not. Oh, that's it. <laughs> and then they get me in the end. And then as soon as like they went back north, I was like, those fuckers did it to me again. Like, Hell, though, I mean, oh, whenever... The, the guys are on that island. All the whites are like, oh, shit, we can't go in the water now. But now they're well, going underneath the water to pull the dragon out. Of, out. Except the two that popped up to kill Tormund. They were in yeah. the water, and I'm not sure. It makes <laughs> no goddamn sense. Like, 
Like, I'm hurting myself trying to come yeah. up with, like, reasons for why the things have happened. <laughs> and again, like, I'm willing to accept stupidity if there's some other, like, good aspects of it. Like, if they did have more meaningful, deeper conversations that were, like, character-revealing moments, I'm going to, like, let my brain gloss over the stupidity. But when the rest of it is just shallow and stupid, then the whole thing is kind of shallow and stupid to me. And, I mean, the visual of it, you know, the visual of her burninating all the whites and stuff, like, that stuff is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you sold us on you sold us on the character. I mean, or I should say George sold us on the characters. I mean, I... I I want it all. You know, I want yeah. I want my cake and I'm going to eat it too. Damn right. I have a quick question before we get to the end here. When Danny says to John, do you think I deserve it or whatever? What, what do you guys, do you guys think she does deserve the crown? No. The, the throne? No. I don't think that's her purpose. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's this whole thing. Like, I, what? <laughs> I don't think anybody deserves it, but you know, I think I've, that no. she's, she is the breaker. She is the, you know, I hate the phrase, but she is the breaker of the wheel. She's not necessarily the rebuilder of it or the creator right. of, of right. a different system, but she does have like the power to smash. And you know, what happens after the smash is probably best left to other people, but I don't know that yeah. anyone else can play the role of, you know, basically giving giving that society a blank slate i uh this is a big question <laughs> i need more time to think i'm just gonna give a short answer no it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do the mail okay so hang on to your hold your horses for your people we got a lot of mail i'm gonna you get something to drink about, too <laughs> do i yes am i gonna need it well, with all that reading, you know, oh. it kind of dries the throat out. Okay, well, we might need to take a break. Okay. <laughs> we have some iTunes reviews. So oh, KSMA40, if that's your real name, gave us a one-star review on iTunes entitled, Really, Ladies? At first, I enjoyed this podcast for reviews of the book chapters. They were quirky yet funny. However, once the show reviews began, I no longer enjoyed the content. It just became nonstop scathing, complaining about the show. I found it really annoying. Here's an idea. If you don't like the show, don't watch. Here's an idea. Never. Don't listen to the fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> don't listen. Um, we have another one-star review on iTunes from Cora Defined. Um Cora, you're defined as stupid, just spoiler warning. Her review is entitled, No Spoiler Warning. What? She says, What? I understand that some people want all the information they can get before they watch an episode, but I'm not one of those people, especially when you reveal information from a stolen source. I just would have felt better if you had revealed that you were going to do that before you started the podcast. Other than that, I enjoyed it and look forward to listening when the series ends. Um, so Lot gives a spoiler warning before every episode. In addition, um, the description of every episode we've ever had starts exactly the same way. And this would be the description that's also on iTunes. It's spoilers, profanity, Jamie and Brienne. <laughs> From literally. day one, we've always put yes. spoiler so warnings. Literally, 
this word spoilers is the first word of the description of every episode title. Yeah. So I frankly can't even take that review seriously. No. Um, learn to learn to read and hear. Nor the first <laughs> one. Like both of them are kind of like um, neutralize themselves. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be fair, like I, you know, we'll take all the shitty reviews. We'll take all your shitty reviews, but I would like them to be based in some level of reality yeah. of our shittiness. Yeah. Um, okay. We know Another what we're iTunes about. <laughs> we, know, we know what we suck about. We don't suck about those specific things. Um, this is from the D&D podcast uh, entitled, it's a five-star iTunes review. Right-thinking Americans, mostly. <laughs> this is a podcast about the only characters in Game of Thrones that really matter, the ones that the show really doesn't seem to understand, Jamie and Brienne. If you're a show watcher, then you need to listen to this podcast to truly appreciate the most important storyline. And if you're a book reader, then know that you have a place to come and shed your tears. This is from mm. Chad from the Duke and the Duchess podcast. See, um, no, that's a good we'll review. To to. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Uh, we got some messages on Gmail. Uh, first is from Lucy, who says, subject, Larry and Carol. <laughs> first of all, I love your podcast. Such a nice change of pace from all the fanboys slurping off the show. <laughs> we can enjoy, I love, like, colorful language. We can enjoy a show and acknowledge that it has faults at the same time. I found you in a best, a best of post got podcast article and I've only been listening for this season, so I'm a little lost about the Larry and Carol thing. I get that it's Jamie and Cersei when they're being especially shitty, but if you could tell me which past episode to listen to for the original reference, I'd appreciate it. I'll probably go back and listen to past seasons during the long wait for season eight anyway, but this would shine the light of insight into my listening experience for the rest of this season. I think, I mean, we, to be fair, we did absolutely did not originate Larry and Carol. I think that probably came from Twitter or Tumblr somewhere. I totally thought that was you, Guile. No, Sure, it's not me. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was just like about the, you know, the mundane, you know, they're so mundane compared to their book versions. And I apologize to anyone named Larry or Carol, but I feel like those are, you know. It's really, really funny, though, because like I've I have a, I'm a group. I'm a member of a couple groups for A Song of Ice and Fire on Facebook. And people refer to Larry. I mean, Jamie is Larry. It's, it's <laughs> whatever like they're bitching thing. about Jamie now. They're calling him Larry. Yeah. And plus so. alliteration, you know, Larry Lannister. Um, yeah. It had to have started season six sometime, though. I've read, um, so I don't know if our listeners are aware, we also participate, some of us participate in a subreddit, a Jamie and Brienne subreddit. It's our Jamie Brienne. And um, there's been some discussion about how much everyone hates Arya. So, um, they're coming up with Audrey, I think is the Arya <laughs> name. <laughs> and I think Tyrion's been Todd. So Todd and Audrey are not as, you know, not as constant as Larry and Carol, but <laughs> it is catching on a bit. <laughs> um, Tiny Whisper, or no, that was, I don't know who this is from. <laughs> um, <laughs> it almost did, did become Slash. TNS forever. That is all. You guys are the best. So is TNS Tormund and Sandor? I think yeah. so, because we were talking about Fist of the First Men and, like, oh, yeah. the game okay. vein up north. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, um, we got a bunch of bunch of Tumblr messages uh, from an Anon. After being disappointed in Got Season 5, I looked for Got Podcasts. I found yours and listened to every episode. 
and re-listened a few times. Your love of the characters prompted me to get into the books. I'm pretty obsessed now, and it's totally because of how great your podcast is. Aww. Your dynamic <laughs> and your passion changed my life a little, oh and I thought I owed you a thank you. Thank you, Aww. and keep up the great work. Extra thanks for showing me that Brienne is 100% the coolest. Yeah. Um, I, I, Our work like, here is done, ladies. <laughs> Signing <laughs> off from Close the Door. <laughs> yeah. If um, only. Wow. So, in a different tone, this one's from Kama. <laughs> she says, It should say volumes that upon finishing my watch of this episode that I immediately consulted the podcast schedule and was relieved to find that I am not on for this one, the finale, or the wrap-up. I am sorry for you guys, though. I've seen so much Sansa and Arya hate on my dash, and it kills me because those three characters we saw on the screen last night are not Sansa and Arya any more than what we've seen of Jamie. Or dare, dare I say it, Brienne. I don't blame the actors. It's ne- not their job to write this crap, and there's only so much you can do to elevate the steaming dog turd into art. <laughs> I do put the blame on the showrunners, who time and time again eviscerate one character to make another one look better, who go for cheap shock over suspense, and wouldn't know proper character development if they were slapped across the face with it. Yes, I'm bitter. I look forward to podcasts, though. They can't take that away from me. <laughs> Thank you, comma. <laughs> Uh, um, another Anon on Tumblr. Have you noticed that Danny was wearing? Have you noticed what Darren? What Danny was wearing is matching Viserion colors. I just watched inside the episode, and I swear all they care about is the emotional connection, and absolutely don't give a flying fuck about things that are actually making sense. I was like, did anyone watch behind the episode? Because I heard it was like infuriating, so I couldn't make myself watch it. No, I didn't. I didn't see it. I can't I didn't. watch it. You just hate him too much? Yeah, I usually, after it's over with, Mr. Eon sits there and watches him, and I leave the room. I used it's usually to... them patting themselves on the back for yeah. how they know what feminism is or whatever, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, it's like you doth, I'm out. doth protest yeah. too much. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think that Weiss, we- that, we- um, that, you know, no hair, was kind of, like, sexy, and I just can't, like, even do it. I just don't want to see, like, either of their faces, and it it kind of makes me mad that I ever had that thought. <laughs> I'm mad at so, you for having that thought. <laughs> at least it wasn't Benny off, like, that would be worse. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's, like, the would you rather, the worst here. of the would you rather questions oh, now. Let's save that for a drunk cast. I think we <laughs> <Yes. laughs> That's totally in the next drunk cast. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have another Tumblr anon. I was just... Okay, I gotta get into character. Okay. Oh, boy. I was just so bored. They're not even trying anymore. After all that <laughs> nonsense, they didn't even sit down and actually thought about how to catch a white. Any of the Wily e. Coyote's plans. I'm partial to a crate trapped with bunny underneath myself. <laughs> would be preferable to a fucking bank over the head. Stop the undead nonsense. <laughs> and I want to see fucking blacksmith White Walker who made the huge ass things. <laughs> what? Not to mention poor Santa Brienne and Arya's characterizations. I'm just done with the stupidity. <laughs> Oh, I'm just man. thinking about the back over the head. <laughs> like, I've been joking about this being a weekend at Bernie's for like a year now. And it actually has it's, not It's happened. It's actually come to fruition. <laughs> In all of its glory. Okay, so another one from uh, 
dick in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Hello there, ladies, and possibly gent guests. I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast. In fact, I discovered it just last week, and I've already listened to 30 recordings, all 30 of them out of order, though. Damn, awesome. (laughs) It's like like 30 hours of your life. Holy shit. Well spent. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, guys, you're worse than crack. Jeez. But despite my bitching, I'm so glad to have found this little piece of happiness and camaraderie that even if it sounds incredible, lame, and depressing, it's one of the few things that make me blissful lately. I enjoy all of the different perspectives that pop up in the podcast, courtesy from all of you, special snowflakes. All the metas, the speculations, the character studies, the guests. I screeched like a dying pterodactyl the first time I heard Rose Hart. (laughs) The jokes and the inebriated laughs. <laughs> Today I listened to the RPG chapters while at work and I laughed really, really hard and let me describe to you my laugh. It is this weird nonstop sound between a snort and a chocking, like a herd of congested rowdy piglets. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Don't we all kind of want to imitate it now? <laughs> and uh, suddenly I was surrounded by no less than five freaked out co-workers offering me water, patting me in the back, asking me if I was okay. Well, I was there sitting uselessly, laughing in front of the computer with tears in my eyes. Oh, boy, the shame. <laughs> Thank you for letting for letting us hear you, for sharing all of your brilliant thoughts, and for making this fandom and world a little more brighter. I wish you all the happiness. Oh, Aww. my God, I love that. This is like, these, these feel so good after those two <laughs> shitty iTunes reviews. Yeah. <laughs> You iTunes reviewers <laughs> feel my wrath. Um, okay, from an anon on Tumblr. I don't understand why the Suicide Squad didn't just break the lake and wait and wait for Danny to arrive. Right. The show is so inconsistent; it's driving me crazy. So so happy that we didn't see Larry and Cersei this episode. They should do the same for Winterfell. <laughs> uh, okay, now we're getting into a, little, a couple older ones. Um, referencing some stuff that looked like it happened in five. So alias SD six, who's a pretty frequent commentator. Um, haven't heard from you lately. So welcome back. I I didn't mean that in like a scolding way. It kind of sounded scolding. (laughs) I was like, I approve. (laughs) You let her have it. (laughs) I screamed in frustration when Cersei announced her pregnancy. Not again. I'm hoping she's either lying or it isn't Jamie. So that he feels even more betrayed. And Jamie won't have anything holding him back when he rides north to reunite with Brienne. I'm so tired of watching Larry. Yeah, no shit, man. No shit, dude. Speaking of dudes, um, our next, our last comment is from Chicky, who says, <laughs> not that Chicky's, it also sounds like I'm saying Chicky's a dude. <laughs> he says dude a lot. Um, anyway, I just need something to drink. Um, Guys, I love the last podcast up. Between the beauty school dropout shout out and calm apologizing for spoiling an eighty year old movie. <laughs> so on to this week's got up. I guess I've gone full Danny fan because I was fist pumping when she and the dragons went all Dracars to save John and company. And I legit had a tear in my eye over Viserion. Fucking hate what they're doing with Sansa and Arya though. Get a woman in the writer's room for fuck's sake. Yeah. Anyway, love you all. Keep up the good work. Love you too, Chicky. <sighs> you know what? Uh, that was a lot of mail. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, girl. <laughs> oh, thank you everyone for 
you have no idea. Like, it's so much fun to get to see all the mail come in. Like, oh, yeah. with a little envelope on Tumblr has numbers on it and stuff. <laughs> like, yay! And you know, you know what I realized? G-Man. We had, like, one more, too. And it's a shitty one. But, like, <laughs> they sent it to my Tumblr. But that was plenty. So we'll save that one for later. <laughs> Just letting you know, whoever. <laughs> What's that? Now that they know we think it's a shitty one, well, it was pretty shitty. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it. Okay. Oh, God. If you'd like to send us mail, shitty or otherwise, you can uh, close the door. And I would prefer not shitty, just to be clear. I mean, if it's like funny shitty, I feel like I'd be happy with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's like points of discussion, which the shitty one, to be fair, is it actually is asking us like. You know, they okay. took issue with something we said. So that's not too bad. I, those shitty ones are yeah, preferred. Yeah. <laughs> not like the I2 ones, which is shitty for the sake of being shitty, you shithead. Okay. <laughs> Send us mail at close the door and at gmail.com or close the door and come here dot tumblr dot com. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at door podcast. We also have a Facebook. Yeah, and if you write me something on Twitter, I'm never going to remember to find it, and we're never going to read it, so <laughs> just send it to the other places. But I please, I should say. But please follow we'll us. Yeah, we'll <laughs> respond more immediately, but we won't read it aloud. The other thing I want to bring up is we have a Podbean page where we have a directory of our episodes because we had somebody send in a message, and through a file naming error, our episode 20 was replaced with episode 120. So, you know, drunk cast was lost to the internet, and that's a tragedy. So <laughs> we were and able to guys, fix that. <laughs> What's that? It's really great because it's like post, it's pre-season five drunk cast, and we're so <laughs> like, Jamie and Dorn could be fine. What? Like, it's so like, <laughs> like we're different people. It's really funny. <laughs> We sound lighthearted and like happy. <laughs> Soul's not it's yet really crushed. Bizarre. Yeah, we're, we're uncrushed at that point. Episode 20, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, on our Podbean, you can find that directory. And um, if you'd like to support us, please do so at Patreon. Okay, this was a fun one, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, no problem. Huh? And thank you, Guile. Thank you, Eon. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Have fun. Closing the door. Get out.